The Cut. The Cut. The Cut. The Cut. The Cut. There is a culture war happening. And it's playing out in schools, in offices, and in front of the Barclays Center in New York. Last week, an anti-vax protest broke out in Brooklyn in support of Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is a basketball player for the Brooklyn Nets and has become a talking point for the anti-vax movement. He's been barred from playing or even practicing with the Nets until he can demonstrate proof of vaccination, which he has apparently refused to do. He's missed several games, and he's been ranting about personal choice on social media. And that whole situation is just one of many anti-vax showdowns playing out in public. Another anti-vax protest recently shut down the Brooklyn Bridge. This time, the protest was about vaccine mandates for city workers. And the more wide-scale these COVID prevention policies become, the more this culture war will start affecting every part of our lives. Even the most mundane, quotidian settings are becoming battlegrounds. It's a war fought in grocery stores and post offices and the gym. It was a different kind of boundary than than other trainers had crossed for me in the past, but it was just like a lot. Take Lux Alptrom and her personal trainer, Chad, not his real name. Lux has been working out with Chad for nearly a decade. The moment when I knew I was done was right after New York made it so that anybody in a physical fitness environment was going to have to be vaccinated. He works out with people at gyms, and he was going to be barred from working out at a gym now. Lux was very vaccinated, and Chad was very not. And their relationship had become very complicated. Back in 2009, though, when Lux started working out with Chad, things between them were a lot simpler. And Lux needed something simple in her life. I had, like, the worst year of my life, where there was just some... Difficult stuff going on with a family member and health. I was in a lawsuit and it was really destabilizing. And having somebody to like work out with and deal with my frustrations with, like that was really good. Lux had tried out a few trainers here and there before, but she didn't really vibe well with any of them. They wanted to get too close to her or know too much. And at a time when Lux was running a porn site, well, she didn't exactly want to get into it. So when Chad approached her at the gym, he was perfect. No nonsense. Only fitness. He never asked me about work. And he never, like, wanted to know too much about me. And I'm, like, showing up and I'm doing the work. Working out with a personal trainer is actually a really intimate professional relationship, if you think about it. You're in a place with lots of mirrors and gym bros checking you out. You're either in very form-fitting clothes that hide nothing Or you look like you picked your outfit from the dumpster behind a Goodwill. You're exposing yourself in a really vulnerable way, sweaty and out of shape, struggling to lift a thing or run fast or just breathe normally without wheezing. A personal trainer is there to help you, motivate you, and prevent you from quitting when it just feels too hard. And how can you not form at least some kind of attachment from that kind of a relationship? At one point, I was dating somebody and it was their birthday and I gave them a session with him for their birthday. So then like he knew my partner at that time. He would tell me some stuff about his personal life. You know, he told me about when he got married. You know, I was like, okay, you're telling me this. I'm just going to listen to it. Over time, Lux, maybe kind of sort of unwillingly, 
got to know Chad, and some red flags started to show up. Like, the way he would talk about 9-11 when September rolled around. Chad was dabbling in conspiracy theories. It was upsetting, but he was just Lux's personal trainer, right? I think therapist is a very close analog, where it's a professional relationship, but it's also very personal, and it can kind of bleed together. And even if you're unhappy with the relationship, you can often feel trapped. And it's weird because, like, you're the customer. You should have control. But because it becomes very personal, it can be really, really hard to get out. Or it can feel, it can rapidly feel disempowering, even though, like, by all metrics, you are the person who is in power. And so I just kind of kept seeing him and trying to push these red flags out of my mind uh, because they weren't my business. Yeah. So how did your workouts change when COVID hit? So initially, when everything shut down and when nobody knew anything, there was maybe a month or two period where we didn't see each other at all. But then, this is like April or May 2020, it had gotten a little bit warmer and I was comfortable being outdoors and masked. And so for a lot of the pandemic year, we were working out outside. There would be just kind of like enhanced cleanliness protocols. I didn't get the sense at the time that he didn't take COVID seriously. He was happy to wear masks. He seemed to care about cleanliness. But, you know, every once in a while, he would say things that were a bit concerning. But, you know, it was still 2020, and there was just a lot of stuff we didn't know about COVID yet. Like, everybody had their own conspiracy theory. Like, he got really into this idea that, like, if you took a lot of vitamin D or vitamin C, you would not get COVID. But it was at a time when everybody's looking for an answer so you can kind of forgive them. But I didn't have any, like, major red flags at the time. The red flags started when the vaccine was available. That's when it, like, really ramped up. And it went from being like, okay, like, there's some things that are, like, uncomfortable to, like, oh, this is a dysfunctional relationship for me. And so I got my first shot I think January 12th, like very early in January, before most of the people that I know were eligible to get vaccinated. I mentioned I got vaccinated and he expressed some hesitation. And initially the hesitation was framed as kind of like, well, I want to wait and see like how people are feeling in six months. We'll wait and see. Okay. Maybe they're just cautious. He is an immigrant and black. And so, like, it was more understandable for me that he would be hesitant for a number of reasons. But, you know, the weeks went on. And as eligibility opened up, it became more and more clear that he was not interested in getting the vaccine. And first, like, there was a period where I would just be really annoyed. And then I would go work out and then I'd feel good. And then I'd be like, okay, whatever. Because I was vaccinated, you know, I'm mostly protected. But there was one day when he comes and he's like, you know what? I've, I've decided there's three topics I'm not talking to people about. Religion, politics, and COVID-19. And he sort of like laughs at this. But then like proceeds to tell me about how like he's suspicious of the vaccines. Like he doesn't need to take the vaccine because he's so healthy and he never gets sick. And then, like, you know, there would be mentions of, like, conspiracy. They're like, oh, don't you know? I saw this video of this woman on 
YouTube and she's a nurse, but like she's been disabled since she got the shot. Okay. At this point, Chad seems like he's spending too much time on YouTube. And Lux started to consider a breakup. And then I would have a good workout and I'd be like, I don't know. Like maybe I've been seeing him for so long. This is a really long relationship. I've gotten a lot of benefit out of it. Maybe he's going to change his mind. As it got into late summer, it got worse. I would wake up and I would be angry and I wouldn't want to go see him. Then there was a period where I would just fight with him. And I knew when I was fighting with him that it was not productive. And I knew that that was not how you persuaded people. But I was also so angry. (laughs) This is the culture war brought to real life. It's personal medical decision meets massive public health crisis meets online radicalization meets fitness. A true 2021 Category 5 shitstorm in miniature played out between Lux and her personal trainer, Chad. And setting aside the biggest public health crisis of our lifetimes, Lux just wanted to work out, you know? That was what she loved about Chad in the first place. No nonsense. Only fitness. But now he seemed to be full nonsense and very chatty about it. Like, he he would often, like, phrase it as the sort of, like, can't we all just get along? Like, you do your thing and I do my thing. And and kind of framing it as this personal freedom, except that his choices implicitly affect other people. And so two things, two things that made me very uncomfortable. One is that we would fight and then we would fight and then he would be like, you know, I really love you. I would never do anything to hurt you. And that I was like, this is really crossing a boundary for me. But the turning point for me, he had just gotten back from visiting his family and he just starts telling me at one point, he's like, I feel like I'm just being pummeled. I'm being pummeled from all sides. And I got the impression that his family had perhaps been pressuring him to get vaccinated. There were fights. And then he's like, and now I'm being pummeled by the government. And then he compared himself to the kids from the Hunger Games and how the elites don't care about him and they're taking advantage of him and manipulating him. And I was like, at that point, I was just like, I'm done. It wasn't just Chad's victim complex. It was that Lex had become deeply uncomfortable with her own emotions around the situation. And I think that was also one of the things that was sort of this breaking point for me. Because here is this person who I am paying money to. He refuses to do this thing that I think is incredibly important, but really is about my safety. But I feel this loyalty to him because we've been working out together for over a decade. And I know that he's probably taking a hit because of all of the things having to do with the pandemic, even beyond his stance on vaccination. Like, I'm sure he took a pretty big hit last year. I know that that's a struggle. And so I feel bad. But then at the same time, it's like, why don't I feel empowered in this relationship to say, this is not working for me. I don't want to do this anymore. It took a little more time, but Lux eventually worked up the courage to stop working out with Chad. It wasn't a big blow-up fight or a tearful goodbye. She just did what I would do and kept it vague. She sent a text. Hey, I'm sorry I've been out of touch. Um, I've had some things come up. I need to put training on hold for a little bit, but like I'll be in touch when I can start up again. Pretty standard as far as professional breakup texts go. She didn't stop working out, though. She just started using a class pass, going to places she knew had a strict vaccine policy. 
And she regained some of that anonymity she craved with Chad in the first place. There were no vaccine debates between reps or savasanas. No culture wars allowed in spin class. But as weird as breaking up with your trainer or your therapist or anyone you have a personal and transactional relationship with, imagine this scenario playing out when the problem to solve isn't just, how am I going to work out, and becomes, will my mom be able to come to my wedding? That's after the break. So a while back, my colleague Angelina Chapin first started hearing about family wedding drama playing out over the vaccine. So I first got interested in this story because I saw a tweet from a woman saying, my parents just told me they're choosing not to attend my wedding rather than being vaccinated. And she was freaking out and it had 60K likes and people were in her mentions saying, we'll be your surrogate parents. This tweet went viral. And that's when Angelina realized that going into wedding season, this kind of vaccine showdown was going to affect a lot of families and communities. So she started calling around. And as a note, the interviews you're about to hear are a little bit grainy. And we've changed the names and identifying information of those folks featured. Well, because these stories are very personal and also very difficult situations. Weddings are so emotionally complex anyway that it really felt like this is sort of the front line of the battlefield when it comes to disagreements over vaccines. Everything's just so heightened. I like called my mom answered and I was like crying. She's like, what's wrong? Yeah. And I told her, I was like, Stephen's parents aren't, aren't going to come to the wedding because you're not vaccinated. Oh. And, um, and she was just like, oh, like she she felt it, too. And not everyone told me a story about their parents. Some people talked about best friends or other family members. But while there were some of your more prototypical sort of Fox News watching conservative anti-vax parents, there were also people who were surprised that their loved ones had these views. Has been my best friend since the third grade. Oh. Uh we have gone through every major thing in life yeah. as bros. Yeah. You know, blood cannot make us any closer. Yeah. Through all the highs, I was there. I was there when his son was born. But you know, there is some vaccine hesitancy. And I said, you know, I said, you know, I love you. You know, um, just wanted to put it out there. You know, we wanted you there. Wedding planning is always stressful, and family divisions are almost always part of what makes wedding planning extra difficult. But usually, hopefully, most people just let those things go for the sake of the bride or the groom. But this isn't as easy as not asking your great-uncle Troy who he voted for. With COVID, these divisions can be deadly. And it's because of that lethality that you just can't pretend the divisions don't exist. And so it forces this predicament. Get vaccinated or skip the wedding. And when put to the test, some folks are willing to skip their loved ones' most important life events. So I found Amy. She is a 30-year-old Canadian lawyer who at the time was getting married in September. And leading up to her wedding, she was really stressed because she knew that the most important people in her life uh, didn't want to be vaccinated. And it was really important to her that everybody at the wedding was. So she was in for a huge uphill battle. 
we knew that my immediate family were the only guests that were like likely to not get vaccinated. Okay. And we were considering just mandating vaccinations for all guests anyway. And then it turned out that the synagogue was basically saying that like anyone who walks through their doors has to be vaccinated. Um, So we kind of thought, oh great, this like saves us from looking like the assholes. So she basically was relying on an honor system and just sort of trusting that everybody would RSVP if she asked the question, are you vaccinated or not? So she just threw it out there and hoped that they would be truthful. But she always knew that when it came to her most immediate circle, her parents and three of her four siblings, that it was going to be an issue. So she was kind of braced for that. But I think in the back of her mind, she was like, it's such an important day. They will put their beliefs aside. So Amy's family, they are evangelical Christians, you know, pretty classic stereotype. They watch Fox News. They think vaccines cause autism. They're pretty anti-establishment. So she's sort of the liberal black sheep of the family and has spent the past decade distancing herself from them, you know, sort of trying to navigate that relationship. So the relationship was already pretty tense. So like a wedding is or has become, I guess, this expression of, like, our ideals and values as a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt inconsistent with who we are to not take steps to make sure that everyone was safe, especially since we did a lot of, like, thinking through the worst-case scenario and how we would feel if someone caught COVID at our wedding, and it would, it would ruin the event, at least for me. So she sent an email to her family laying out the concerns, sort of, look, we have friends, they want to bring their kids who are under 12 to the wedding, and those friends aren't comfortable having the kids around people who are unvaccinated. So, you know, we really want you there. We love you. But please, please, please don't make us choose between having our friends' children and you, because obviously you can be vaccinated and the kids can't. So they send the email, then they leave to go camping for a week in a place where they know they'll have zero internet access. So in essence, they're sort of throwing this grenade. They know it's going to cause a major fight and then running for the hills so they don't have to deal with it right away. Of course, they're going to come back from this camping trip and there's going to be detritus and fallout and they have to pick up the pieces. But I think they were secretly sort of hoping things will calm down or just out of sight, out of mind. Let's just go commune with the trees and try to get our blood pressure low. But that was not effective when they came back. um, Things had not calmed down, especially with Amy's sister, who was super pissed off. She kind of like went nuclear and sent me this like huge long ranty email about how like she can't stay silent anymore about like how much I love like being the victim and how unfair it is that, like, I would ask my family to, like, compromise their values and, like, how selfish it was that I was, like, insisting on this at my wedding. Did she actually show you the email? Oh, she showed me the email, and it was super intense. I have it here. (laughs) God. She said, you talk a lot about your stress and anxiety about planning a wedding in the midst of a pandemic, yet you don't seem to care about the stress and anxiety you're causing your own parents. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad are not being unreasonable by not wanting to put an unsteady substance that is not FDA approved into their bodies. 
the people who feel unsafe coming to your wedding because of a small, small number of attendees being unvaccinated should likely also not be driving a car or grocery shopping at the risk of a violent collision or some canned peaches falling from a shelf and causing lasting burn damage. <laughs> If you do not wish for us to come to the wedding and would prefer the attendance of minors who would likely rather be doing many other things that night than watching their parents get drunk, I can respect that. What I cannot respect is you sacrificing the integrity of your family in order to maintain your position as a victim. God, like, like it felt like this is a really angry email that you write and don't send. Like, <laughs> we had a follow-up phone call okay. where I, like, told her that she was super out of line and she said well um even though we disagree about this i hope we can still have a relationship and i said well that's kind of up to you and she said how is it up to me and i said well um i told you several times that the things you said really hurt me and that i need you to apologize and you haven't even acknowledged any of that Mm -hmm. um, and she said, okay, I acknowledge it. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, I'm hanging up now. And have you spoken since? Nope. Okay. But is your belief she's not coming? She changed her RSVP after that to say she wasn't coming. So, okay, so, wow. It's not like, we're not willing to get vaccinated for this, but we wish we could be there. It's like... We're not going, and if you choose to enforce this, then fuck you, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they took it extremely personally. They just kind of blew up at her. But shockingly, that is not even the most confusing part of the story. Oh my god, why, why, why? Yeah, so in the weirdest twist of all, Amy revealed to me that, in fact, she found out her mother was actually already vaccinated and could have come. What? I actually happened to know that my mom did get vaccinated um, as of the beginning of August or something um, because she had wanted to go on this trip with my grandma, who's 87, um, in September. Okay. And my grandma said, you can't unless I don't want to go on this trip with you unless you're vaccinated. Okay. She still says she doesn't want to come to the wedding. Why? Because she says it's because she doesn't want to come without my dad and he's not vaccinated. I think she just, like, wants to punish me for, I don't know, for, like, refusing to, from her perspective, like, be flexible. Jesus Christ. Yes, I mean, of course, like, none of this drama is super unexpected when it comes to weddings. It always brings up weird personal dynamics and, you know, things that have been festering for years. But I think with the vaccine, the stakes are just so much higher. I mean, this isn't like some squabble you're having over the color of a bridesmaid dress. This is like a life or death issue that people really care about and take really personally. And it's sort of almost shorthand for, do we share the same values? Do you care about me? Do you care about the world in the same way? So, you know, it's, it's just really so much more intense, even though at the end of the day, the result is the same, which is that your family doesn't show up to your wedding day. I'm sad that my family really had an opportunity to demonstrate that like, even though we have different values, they still really care about me and want to be a part of my life. And I'm sad that they didn't take it because it, I think it says some pretty sobering things about mm, what I can expect from them just in life generally. Like I think that this fundamentally changes the nature of my relationship to them because it's clear that even at the time that's really important to me, like their values still come first for them. Mm -hmm. 
foresee a lot of contact with them after this, to be honest. But there's also, like, a kind of relief, because, like, I would rather not have her there than have her there and, like, find out that she feels this way about me later. You know, it's not just the wedding. Obviously, that is the source of stress for Amy right now. But these kinds of choices that we make they have consequences beyond just whatever that particular event is. So I think it's it's something that really affects the relationship in a long-term way. I think a lot about like what's going to happen if slash when I have a baby. Like yeah. I'm not even going to want to do stuff like tell my mom I'm pregnant. Like yeah. I'm not going to want to share that with her because of like how much she made this experience about like what her feelings and her rights feel like. A lot of the attitude from my family has been like, I can't believe you're like not willing to like make this tiny confession so that we can be at your wedding. Not understanding that like it's not a tiny confession, but like people, they need to be able to like give full and informed consent to the things that they choose to do. And one of those things that they need to be able to choose to do is not go to an event with unvaccinated people. Yeah, so Amy, they got married. They had a nice wedding. She sent me a lovely picture of her and her now husband walking down the aisle. Her parents stayed out of it. She said they sent a card, which in her words was pretty anemic, just like one sentence sort of like blessings, daughter, you know, not super personalized. And they sent her a duvet as a wedding gift, but she hasn't heard from them since. So it's not uh, it's not something that's been repaired. I guess that's just the way things work out sometimes. Yeah. The Cut Podcast is made by me, Jasmine Aguilera, and B.A. Parker and Noor Busidi. Mixed by Alex Higgins. Edited by Jolie Myers. Our executive editors are Hannah Rosen and Nishak Herwa. The Cut Podcast is made possible by the team at New York Magazine. Subscribe to support their work at thecut.com slash subscribe. I'm Jasmine Aguilera, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.